G'day there. Welcome back to Convergently Speaking. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking about self-development and feeling like we're leaving our partner behind. This is a topic I'm really passionate about and anyone who knows me personally has probably heard me uh, touch on it at some point. I suppose the reason I'm so passionate about it is because it touches on a few of my core values. I, by the nature of my, my personality, my temperament, the family I grew up in, have always been drawn towards improvement, development, growth and that kind of thing. Many see it as my virtue, but it's also most definitely a vice for me or a thing I can overdo. It's part of the blessing and the curse of being an Enneagram 1. So traditionally for me to comprehend, to try and conceptualize what it's like to not want to improve, to not be pursuing how you can grow change, adapt and development has been very, very challenging. So when I've found like-minded people, I've had friends, I've had discussions with people that consciously and systematically and actively pursuing to better themselves, to be happier and more content in themselves, to be a better parent, to be a better son or a daughter, Uh, I feel an immediate sense of connection and camaraderie. Without realizing it, I had maybe moralized or at least given hierarchy to uh, growth and development versus quote-unquote staying as one is. What I've come to realize, and I've talked about this before, I think I talked about this in the Life is Hard episode, is that Because life is hard, because it's difficult, because it's challenging, personally, I try really, really hard to not project onto people my values of how I think they should navigate pain and suffering and the challenges that are life. Because I don't think it's easy and I think we're all making mistakes uh, all the time that are, are not right or not the best way forward. So when you marry up that impulse and that value, you have a situation where I love self-development and growth and yet I respect or at least I try and respect people that that's not their gig, that that's not their thing, that that's not what they're wanting to put their hand to, their time and energy to. Now maybe there's denial, uh, but there can also be just a genuine acceptance of who they are, where they're at, and what's happening in their world. And I think that's totally, totally okay. It's easier for us to think we understand and we have a premise and then we build on that and we move forward. And before we realize, we've come to these very absolute black and white conclusions about how life must be done. And I just don't think any of us are are quite that good. And I don't think that any of us are quite that bad that we get all of it wrong as well. 
So what does this have to do with self-development and leaving your partner behind? Generally speaking, I believe that when we get together with someone in a you know, a serious relationship, not not a fling, but a serious relationship that we're actually planning to stick with and pursue. We very often connect because of a lot of unconscious wounding and probably unconscious positive stuff. Uh, But there's a lot of unconscious connection that's going on that creates what I like to talk about as the, the relational dance. You know, the way that the relationship's energy flows between the two of us. And I think for the most part, we make this agreement which says, I won't call you out on your shit if you don't call me out on mine. You know, maybe it's that I won't talk about your mother and the strained relationship that is going on there. And, you know, I know you won't ask me about thing A, B or C that's a a sore point, a thing that I get defensive over. And so we make this contract where we pursue whatever it is we're pursuing, whether it be our careers, whether it be um, some other form of the status quo, or whether it be really admirable and, you know, potentially selfless and big-hearted endeavors. Uh, But all the while marginalizing or ignoring or suppressing all that baggage, all that shit that's been there for so long. And there is something about the beginning of adulthood which, where it is important to kick a few goals. It is important to get some runs on the board and potentially incur a few woundings and a few uh, humiliations and that kind of thing. Uh, but often we get to the point, and I think for everyone we get to a point where we get the opportunity to decide... Will I keep pushing forward as things are starting to break down, that the things that were working are not working as well anymore? Or will I do a 180 and start to look at those demons I've been running away from, look at those things in the eyes and start to make the changes in my life, in our life to actually deal with those things? What I've seen time and time again uh, in my personal relationships, but also couples I work with in relationship counseling, is that you have a situation where one party starts to grow. One party starts on a self-development journey. They start looking into that early childhood trauma. They go looking for their estranged father or mother or adoptive parents. They start to be honest that their casual drinking's maybe a bit more than just casual drinking and start to look at why they're drinking and what they're running away from. They start to ask themselves if they really want to continue doing the job that they've been doing for the next 20 or 30 years. And through whatever method maybe they've got exposure through meditation, through a friend or they attended a workshop or something, all of a sudden they start to gain this momentum. They start to move. They start to disrupt the equilibrium that has been in their life and potentially uh, the flow and effect, the equilibrium of the relationship. And so without really realizing what they're doing and often without communicating, they start to change. 
maybe they find a voice and an opinion and a confidence in themselves that they didn't have before. And for the other party in the relationship, it can feel like the rug has been pulled out from under them. Now, it's easy to be judgmental and think, well, that person should be dealing with their shit. And this person that's doing the self-development, you know, they're on the right track. And often I've observed it is the female in the relationship that starts this movement. And so maybe their girlfriends get around them and they say, you go for it. This is awesome what you're doing. Find your voice, find your passion, find your career. Um, I've, I've often observed this with uh, mothers when their kids have gotten a little bit older. And this is fantastic. And I do not want to knock this. I, I find it inspiring and I find it you know, centrally important to us having a healthier society. The issue that often occurs I've noticed is that whichever one of the two partners starts growing, as I said, because they don't fully understand what's going on, they don't fully keep in the loop and involved in the process their other half, their partner. And so bitterness can start to form where the other partner starts to think, well, they think they're better than me now. They think all of a sudden they got their shit together, but, you know, I know what they're really like. And rather than the genuine growth and self-development drawing these two people together, it actually starts to build resentment or at least uh, push them apart. And for me, and one of the reasons I'm really passionate about working with couples specifically, is that I don't believe that self-development in one partner and not the other necessitates the ending of that relationship. Now, this does happen, and I'm sure in many instances this is positive. Uh, it's, It's a good thing or it's at least a necessary thing because the other partner just won't get on board or they're just not making the effort to understand where their partner's coming from as they start to grow and develop. But as I was hearing John Gottman, who's a famous relationships therapist or actually a relationships researcher, uh, saying just the other day on a thing I was listening to, he was saying that in his research with couples, often it's not till the divorce and separation happens that the people actually realize how much good they've lost, how much being in a relationship was beneficial to them and mutually beneficial. Because as we all know, when things are going good or the things that aren't causing us issue, we take those for granted. And then we zoom in and obsess about all the challenges and pain points. So whilst I've seen this pattern time and time again, that one party will grow and then the other one feels out of sorts and then ultimately the relationship can't weather this, I'm not convinced that this always has to be the case. I think the key is bringing the other person along for the journey. Now, it's easy to say, uh, but hard to do, and hard to do especially when you don't even really know what journey you're on. Maybe you're asking questions about the religion that you grew up in. Maybe you're critiquing the political views that you've held dear for the last 10, 15 years. 
And there can be shame, there can be fear, there can be an embarrassment that comes. But if you're committed to seeing the relationship continue, I do believe it's central to keep the other party in the loop. And there's a weird tension that goes on as you have these revelations and you have this shifting and this changing and these breakthroughs, but also potentially these depressions or anxieties or fears that come to the surface to share and to be honest and transparent with your partner without pushing onto them um, in a manipulative way or in a in a forceful way your journey and what's happening for you. It's about sharing and it's about helping them to understand what's happening and answering their questions so they still feel safe and secure in the relationship. But whilst all you may want is for them to get on this same journey, I think it's really important to, yeah, to not be pushy, to not try and dictate to them how they should go about this. Maybe you read The Power of Now and maybe it blew your mind as it has for so many. And maybe your partner will be keen to read that. But what I've learned and observed is that what works for one is almost inevitably not going to quite work for the partner uh, because we do get together with people that are different. Different personalities, different temperaments and therefore different ways of developing and growing. Uh, And of course, we all have different wounding. We all have different trauma. We all have different fears. And so to try and include, to try and inspire, to be open as you're able to be when you're going through these sort of challenges without being pushy, I think is really, really central and gives a relationship and the individuals the best chance of uh, moving forward in a positive way. Because as I said at the beginning of this episode, We all deal with pain and trauma and the challenges of life differently. And especially if you got into a relationship with certain premises, spoken or unspoken, about not calling each other out or about doing things in a certain way or where you'd agreed on certain values there's actually no obligation for the other party to quote-unquote get on board if you change the script, uh, if you change the plan, if you all of a sudden change the direction. But of course, accepting that there's no obligation doesn't mean you you throw the relationship in the bin and and go looking for someone else. Uh, I think it's about dialogue. It's about opening up that discussion with your partner to see where their head's at, to see where they're emotionally at and to try and share the journey. Explaining that you don't really know where you're heading. Explaining that this whole thing is confusing. Explaining that, yes, you're uh, potentially going to be more up and down emotionally. But that you want them there, you want them involved, um, that you don't want to do this without them. So if you're in a space like this and you're struggling with feeling like there's an incongruency between you and your partner, uh, as I said, I've noticed it's often females that 
really have that courage to step out and start to make a move. But most certainly, this isn't a rule. Uh, I've met plenty of men that are also trying to deal with their stuff, trying to, to own it, trying to develop that emotional intelligence and trying to be different, trying to be better, trying to find that healing, uh, whatever that may look like. If you're in that place, I just want to encourage you that it can be done in such a way that the relationship doesn't need to end. And also that it doesn't go forever. That these periods of intense change and growth have an end. Uh, we may always be growing to some extent, but there's always flux in this process. You might find you have three years of really intense stuff and then you get into a new stride where not that much is happening for a period of time. So there is hope. There is healing. And of course, being that I run a podcast on self-development, I absolutely believe if you're up for it, uh, it's worth it. The self-development journey is worth the pain, blood, sweat and tears. And if you want to chat further, if you want to go deeper in this, if you feel you need a guide, please reach out. Hello at danielanear.com is my business email for my coaching and relationship counseling practice. And I'd love to talk to you more. Until next time, that's been Convergently Speaking with Dan Anear. Talk to you soon.